Hello from the ABA Tech Show 2018 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Patrick Pallas, and I'm here with... Nicole Braddock. And Catherine Sanders-Reach. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road in the Windy City. Today, we're going to talk about self-help legal technologies. So you two just finished this brilliant presentation to help lawyers both understand why there is a need for lawyers to give DIY for their firms and their websites. But I want to step back from not just why you need it or how to do it, but tell me this. You had this really interesting statistic that the number of people that were using legal services was was decreasing between 2007 and 2012. We all know there's this huge late market out there. Everybody needs legal services, and the market's growing. I wonder if you had some thoughts about what's causing the, the, the slight decrease in people actually using legal services. It was cons- Consumer legal spend um, compared, and the only thing that I can think is that we're seeing an empowerment of people to be able to represent themselves to a certain degree, and so as people go, oh, the courts are doing as much as they can to help pro se patrons. They can go get documents online. They can go get forms off the court site, and then there's a lot of legal aid organizations that are helping people, Um, so you've got access to justice sites where they can kind of do their own stuff, so maybe that's having an impact on those numbers spent. Well, in your presentation, you talked about what it is that people really want. And I wonder if you could just give us those those bullet points. What it is that, that people want when they're, when they're looking for legal services? Well, they want immediate response, which we know um, backwards and forwards because you see it in malpractice claims about communication. We see it in the drop-off of attorneys being able to close the deal. There's a lot of different, you know, anecdotal reasons that we see that lawyers, I mean, consumers want immediate response. They also want flat fees. Not so much flat fees. I usually call it predictable pricing. How much is it going to cost? You you very rarely go into a relationship where you don't know how much something is going to cost, but yet we're asking people to do that exact thing when they hire a lawyer. Um, they also want text and email communication. Millennials want uh, like a portal to share documents and be able to download documents. What else was on that list? A lot of them just don't want to deal with lawyers at all. That yes, and there's there's that too. So I, I always talk about high touch and compassion as something that a lawyer has as a sellable item that can't be covered with technology. I thought it was interesting that one of those points was that people don't want to talk. Don't they don't want your lawyer calling them and having that conversation. Just do it electronically. Let's uh, let's 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 text. Let's email. I that was that was interesting. Well, and that again, that was reflective of the millennial um, skew on that. That said. Um, uh, every time I ever called my attorney, uh, who was our for our condo association, I knew he was billing me by the minute. So I would do anything not to talk to him on the phone. <laughs> so Nicole, you 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 talked about this uh, difference between uh, products for as marketing tools and as as revenue generators. And even though I didn't hear the word come up, we talked about f- freemiums, really, right? Tell me about that. 
Yeah, so I think there's a lot of models that lawyers can consider as ways to compete with all of the self-help DIY services that are out there. Um, and, and the concept is let's take the things that are the low-hanging fruit, the low-value work that uh, that lawyers don't really need to be doing and that clients don't want to pay for, uh, and then we can we can package them up nicely in a way that um, either we're giving them to our clients or prospective clients even, just have it free and out there uh, so somebody can come and, and help themselves on your website, uh, but then maybe when they need more more complex, uh, more involved work that really requires the touch of a lawyer, then they'll come back to you and you've created this relationship of trust with that firm because they've offered you these free things. Um, and then there's this uh, idea of, um, you know, as lawyers, we have service businesses and service businesses are, are great, except that you're really bound by, uh, revenue-wise, you're bound by what human capacity can do. Uh, so that if you want to have a situation where you can, you can make money while you sleep, you can scale uh, and, and have like monthly recurring revenue um, and sort of have a, a sort of more stable and comfortable business model than what most lawyers have to deal with, which is the sort of natural ebb and flow of a service business. Um, you can package up some of these things that you have and sell them. And you can sell them at a fixed fee for much less than you would if you actually uh, you know, put human manpower on these on these products. So there's some of the things we see, like um, some firms will create their own version of LegalZoom product. So create an LLC, here's a package, it's going to be $300 and you can talk to one of our lawyers. Um, or, um, you know, uh, what was the other one? I kept, I'm blanking on the other example like that I had. Um, there's also this concept of like subscription legal services. So figuring out new ways to package and price services. Um, and yeah, freemium is, is interesting. An interesting analogy, I actually did a talk last year at Tech Show about the freemium law firm um, with the idea that you um, you give people, you give something away to people. I have, a, I have an eight-year-old boy and freemium video games are the bane of my entire existence uh, because he starts playing them and all of a sudden I get like woken up like shaken on like 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning asking if he can buy like coins on this game because he's addicted. Um, and so the... Um, the, the freemium concept is like you, you give away stuff and then they become addicted to your legal services. I don't think that's really going to happen, but they, be, they, get, they gain trust and then you can start to actually charge them for things. So for lawyers that have a website, but they haven't invested yet in some sort of tool to either generate clients uh, to provide services or giving them something free, I think that question sits on their heads. Like, if I build it, will they come? You know. So before I ask you how to build it, Tell me that. If, if, if lawyers are building something on the website for this, are you going to see an increase in, 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 in customers and clients? So I have a note. I was actually thinking while Nicole was talking. So you may build services just like LegalZoom, but you don't have the marketing buck to spend on getting people to your LegalZoom-esque services. This is where I love to think about lawyers focusing on niche practices and niche clientele so that you have a lot of keyword-rich vocabulary to use. So you put your jurisdiction in there and you say, you know, I serve um, Missouri drivers who have been injured in an accident by an 18-wheeler and have PTSD and are losing sleep and can't get to work and lost their job. I mean, maybe not that, but... I've worked with a guy who did ISP subpoena defense. I've worked with the, the drone lawyer. Um, so coming up with what you, you know, it, you can have multiple niches, but to be able to have a tool that solves for a very specific problem for a very specific clientele, there's more than one of them. 
But in terms of competing with other lawyers, with legal Zoom, stuff like that, you're creating this niche. But I think that's where you're going to see traffic coming. So it, it might be an interesting, rather than having a full service representation for anything that walks in the door and, hey, figure out where on our website you can self-help. So there's a number of tools out there that lawyers can use to build uh, their website or integrate into their website some of these self-help tools for either fee generation or for marketing and branding. Give me uh, some ideas uh, of what these tools look like and, and how we get them. Yeah, so a lot of the self-help tools we see fall into one of two categories. Uh, some of them are what we call expert systems. So it's, it's branching logic, you know, sort of a series of, of questions that take you down a path. Um, and then you either get legal advice at the end, or not legal advice, legal information. Uh, or you get uh, some sort of document generated. Um, so that, those are really like the two most common things we see. There's definitely a billion other types of products, but those are the ones that we see routinely, in part because it just it's very well suited to the law, where things are very much rules-based, and um, and so we can we can take answers and populate a document, or we can take answers and have a good idea of what this person needs. So there's a lot of tools out there to help you create either the, an expert system or a document automation uh, feature. Um, I think the probably like the most simple one for most lawyers I, I will have, um, I think WordPress is still by, by and large the most common website platform. Um, so there's plugins that you can buy for WordPress to build some of this stuff. Um, Gravity Forms is the most common one and it's it's a very good, very flexible tool. There's a lot you can do with it. Um, so you can create a form, you can create this kind of conditional logic question answer flow on your site and then have it either generate a document or, or give some information um, or even lead them into your intake for your firm. Um, so you know if, if you give them some knowledge and they say, okay, I think I need to talk, talk to a lawyer based on what I'm finding out here, uh, then we can also feed that into the firm's intake system. So you, you had talked about two things that I, that I liked. You should break these things down. Two of many different tools people can use. One is maybe creating a chatbot or, as you just mentioned, document generation tools. So my, my question is, are these things that lawyers can do on their own or are these tools where we need to partner with somebody else or partner with a company who does this for us and we bring it and we bring it in. What is the, the self-help part for us as opposed to the consumer? Yeah, so um, I, I think that you want to start with the easiest thing for you to get out there. And there are a lot of um, tools that you can use to build these things on your own that don't require any coding. A lot of them have drag and, drag and drop interfaces. Um, products like Typeform is one that I talked about in the presentation today. Um, very easy to deploy. And so I always recommend uh, that people start with these things that they can deploy without any developer intervention. Um, and then if you're finding a good fit with your uh, with the clients that you're trying to get, or um, if you're finding that you're getting a lot of users and people signing up for whatever the paid services, um, then you can think about build, do, getting some more developer intervention to do some more either custom work around an existing you know, product that you can buy, uh, or just completely building a custom product from scratch. Um, but a lot of it is weighing, you know, what is the benefit, what is the return on the investment here? Um, custom technology is very expensive, um, and so also, but also like how much time you have to invest in this, because that's time lost from practicing law, from running the business, from, from doing all these other things. Um, so there's a, there's a big consideration there. And, and the marketing piece, I regret we didn't say anything about that, because 
you know, my company build custom tech. And one of the first things I say when people walk in the door is you've got to be prepared to spend a lot of money to market this. Because then you've, otherwise you've spent all this money and nobody's going to see or use what you've built. And I would say that's like 50% of why products fail is because nobody's done any, any marketing or very little minimal marketing. So I guess that's a critical piece of this, isn't it? You can build it and they may not come if they can ever find you or know that, know that you're out there. So having a part of your strategy of creating DIY for customers, potential clients, is to have a way to push it out there to get as much attention as, as possible. Yeah, have, starts with a good foundation, so a good website, um, a good SEO consultant, unless you were an expert yourself, so that people can find you. And again, I like keyword rich, niche, um, focus on the need of the client, the client's vocabulary, mirror that back. What kind of queries are people typing into Google? Not how do you describe your law practice in the, the coursework that you did in law school, which does not match up? Um, and the other thing with build, the bots and, the, and the, the actual tools, I think the hard work is actually figuring out what you want to do and building that and wireframing it before you ever touch the technology. So coming up with a working, you know, if this then that kind of structure that the whole expert system is based on your knowledge of how things work, what questions are prompted by other questions and answers prompt other questions. That whole thing is legal expertise and experience. And that's, you know, you get that done, the technology's not the hard piece. That, that to me, is the time-consuming part. So let me wrap this up by, by talking about what the takeaways are from this. Now, I've heard a number of things. You know, one is know what your clients want. Uh, another piece we talked about with the SEO and the marketing, which is, know where to find them and how to communicate with them. But you have a, a lot of other takeaways from this. And I just want to hear your list of what should lawyers know about this whole self-help strategy uh, to provide information to their clients to create revenue, to create branding marketing opportunities. Yeah, I can, uh, I can give you a few of them. And I think the idea is that um, we now have a, a market whether you like it or not, where people are gonna go and get this stuff for free or for way cheaper than you can do it. So if you want to survive as a firm, you're gonna have to, to play that game. Um, you cannot charge people to fill out forms anymore. You can give away forms and add advice. That's gonna be a successful model, but just, just charging to fill out a form is not what we're, it's not what we went to law school to do. It's not the value that we provide to clients. So we've gotta figure out a way to compete. And, and, and I think it does more than compete. I think it, it, creates, um, it creates a brand for your firm. As, you know, if you're putting out stuff there, you're putting out a lot of cool tools that people can use, that can self-help, you're also gaining a reputation for being innovative, uh, for, for sort of playing in the modern business environment. Uh, and that's going to attract a, a whole bunch of new clients. And it also can be a way for you to reduce your rates overall so you can, you can further expand your market. I think it's, it's just there's, there's a tremendous opportunity here, and I think it should be viewed as an opportunity uh, to make yourself stand out as a firm as opposed to being upset that, you know, LegalZoom is taking your, your work away. Um, you know, LegalZoom still charges for their forms. You can give it away for free and then charge for your legal services and overall the client gets more value. Yeah, you, you have to give, let go of the billable hour as a primary model of charging because if you're doing, you know, if, if you are charging by the hour for recreating a document that you've done a million times, you're not you're not actually serving yourself or any clients and those people are going to be left in the dirt because they have significant competition. So you have to rethink how you're doing that kind of thing. Um, and I, I think that also 
knowing the rules so that you don't run afoul of them is really important. We do have some restrictive uh, ethical rules and uh, rules of professional conduct in place, 5.4, 7.2. 5.4 the multi-jurisdictional, multidisciplinary, and fee sharing with um, non-lawyers, and 7.2 is impermissible fee sharing for marketing services. So you have to be aware of all these things so you don't run afoul of them inadvertently. Um, NEPL, obviously a big one because you can't practice law in a state where you're not licensed to practice. Uh, they will go after you. So when you build that tool, don't make it national unless you can represent nationally. So as we sat down today, you were looking at your phone and noticed that you had a lot of questions that had followed your presentation today. So I'm sure that this podcast will create more questions as well. So Catherine Sanders-Reach, please tell us where people can send questions and where they can find you. Since since I'm pretty long-winded, don't use Twitter, uh, you can go to my website. It's lpmt.chicagobar.org. There's a contact us form. And I will be happy to respond. And Nicole Braddock, how do people find you? Uh, so I am active on Twitter at uh, Ni- what is oh Nicole Braddock. Yeah, it's at <laughs> Nicole Braddock. Very very clever. Uh, but you can also um, find me on uh, email. My company is Theory and Principle. That's P L E, not P A L. So you can go to theoryandprinciple.com or, or uh, Nicole at theoryandprinciple.com. Well, thank you both very much. We've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us, Catherine Sanders-Reach and Nicole Braddock. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you've liked what you heard, please find and rate us an Apple podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.